Hey guys, it's Mark here from ETF Tracker and this is the ETF Tracker show. In this segment, it is the interviews with experts and we've had a few in the last couple of weeks that we've spoken to from the exchanges to robo advisors to advisors as well. So definitely check out the back catalog for those uh, in the YouTube uh, playlist and also on Spotify. In today's episode, we are speaking with the folks at Nine Mile Financials. We've got Kevin Thierick, who's one of the partners over there. They are a market maker in the ETF markets. And if you didn't know what that is, you'll learn more about it in the show and you'll realize why it is so important to have market makers for ETFs. So we hope this is educational and we hope you enjoy the show. Okay, guys, we've got Kevin here. Kevin, welcome. Thanks for thanks for being here for the ETF Tracker show. G'day, Mark. Nice to meet you, virtually. Yeah, exactly. It'd be so much better to, um, as we say to all the guests, to meet in person. But unfortunately, we'll just have to wait. I think it was uh, pushed back to, to later in September again. But, but we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll Who see. knows? <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Um, so look, before we get into it, it's always good to get to know uh, the guests. Um, so some people that listen to this, they're already in the institutional kind of space and they know who Nine Mile is, and they might know who you are, and that's great. But for the other audience uh, out there globally in Australia, wherever they are, um, could you tell us a little bit more about you, how you got started in the financial markets, and say what drew you to the ETF side of things, um, you know, where you're currently playing? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so my background, um, I'm, I'm Irish, as you can probably tell by the accent, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so I kind of fell into financial markets uh, to some extent. Um, I studied computer science um, a long time ago. I, I don't even know which year I graduated, around 2000, <laughs> I think. Um, and uh, kind of went along to, you know, campus recruitment at Deutsche Bank at the time, where kind okay. of doing the, uh, the graduate rounds. And um, I was just trying to score a free flight over to London so that I could <laughs> <come> <laughs> visit some friends over there, to be honest. And um, yeah, I managed to get through their uh, their grad recruitment process um, and started a job there. Um, and my first job was yeah, just big massive trading floor working and supporting their uh, their bond trading system. And I loved it. Like yeah. I really loved the trading floor atmosphere. The you know the the busyness of it. The, um, the yeah, just that environment. Um, and as you know, as a kind of more on the technical side, it's just endless, endless um, technology problems to be to be solved. And um, yeah, I just found it really interesting. Really enjoyed the people that I worked with there. And mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, so I went uh, had a couple of jobs in different investment banks in London. Kind of what was in the whole structured credit CEO space um, uh, that preceded okay. the GFC. So. I was at a, well, at Deutsche and at Lehman Brothers, so I had a bit of a ringside seat there. I knew a few of the characters that wow, I can <laughs> became imagine. infamous in the uh, infamous in the aftermath of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then moved to Oz back in, um, I think, 2007. Uh, worked for Macquarie, which is kind of a bit of a background into how Nine Mile um, came to be. Okay. Um, um, because of, I think all of us have done stints, um, or certainly all of the people that um, were there at the start had done stints in Macquarie, mm -hmm. um, and that's how I knew the guys. Um, and yeah, worked at Westpac for a while in their FX space, um, again, kind of um, on the trading technology side and, and getting that 
and sorted out with them. So um, Nine Mile then came into um, the picture about late 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan Potter and Gordon Reed, who are the two founders, um, I'd worked with them at Macquarie. Nice. Um, and they'd come back to Australia from, um, from a stint in New York. Wow. Okay. And yeah, they kind of uh, tapped me up and said, "Are you interested in you know doing something completely new, something completely different?" I hadn't actually worked in the ETF space um, up until that point. Those guys had kind of deep experience um, in in that area. Um, so yeah, it was uh, decided to jump ship out of you know the big um, you know big organization, the comfort blanket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and into. Uh, into an office and we work in Piermont, which is where we were at the time. Um, yep. And yeah, there was uh, four of us sitting in a room with four computers and wow. where do we start? What do we do now? <laughs> start up um, so, Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, look, that was, you know, we've had a lot of fun. It's been, it's been a hell of a lot of work as well. Mm. Um, but we've definitely had fun doing it. Um, and, you know, you get to, you know, there's all trade-offs. There's no perfect, uh, it's no perfect environment. Big organization, obviously, you do have, you know, you've got a big balance sheet and you've got um, all those nice things, uh, you know, very regular salary. Yes. And, yep. um, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of frustrations and certainly on the technology side, it's becoming harder and harder for those big organizations to compete at the kind of pointy end of the technology problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so that was a key driver from for me anyway. Because, okay. You know, this is a this is a place I can go into, and we can kind of set the technology agenda. We know market making is is mm. you know very 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 competitive on the technology side, and we can talk a little bit about that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it was you know this is a chance to do what I really love to do. To be honest, is is um, is solve those technology problems and add value to a business. So yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was a great move. It's definitely um, certainly one that, um, you know, I've enjoyed. Uh, it's brought a lot to me. I've learned, you know, a huge amount over the last, course the last four or five years. Yeah, we should probably do like a, a separate kind of chat. I don't know what podcast is going to go on, but just you being there as part of, you know, the whole kind of um, Lehman Brothers and Deutsche and, and working <laughs> in, you know, um, structured kind of products yeah. like that. I'm, I'm sure many yeah. people- have yeah. questions for you but you know you and I are kind of kindred spirits in a way I didn't know that you've come from a technology background and gotten into finance or fell into finance that's exactly what happened to me you know to get into roles in Melbourne yeah. London and the ASX it was from technology so you know that's that's another topic maybe we should say for another podcast but let's yeah. jump into um a little bit more about nine mile um that you mentioned there and you know a little bit about the growth and stuff but for people that may not know already who Nine Mile Financial is. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And and more generally as well, what is the role of a market maker? I'm sure that many people, uh, retail traders especially, wouldn't really know what, what that is. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I'll, I'll just speak to Nine Mile first. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, um, <clears throat> yeah, so we're, we're a, a market maker, which we obviously will talk about. Um, we're uh, headquartered in Sydney. So we're um, we're Australian firm, kind of majority owned by um, by our own staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're definitely we're pretty small focused, as we like to say. We're a focused team, um, and and we're new. Yep. And um, you know, relative to uh, the people that we're competing with, are generally um, kind of bigger institutions, um, 
headquarters overseas, usually with um, you know maybe satellite offices as APAC mm-hmm. might be HQ'd in Sydney or somewhere up in Asia. So mm-hmm. they definitely have um, you know a bit more muscle. And um, you know I think I was telling you earlier they're like the uh, the evil empire. Well, I shouldn't call them evil. They're like the empire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the rebel we're, alliance. Uh, we're, the re- we're the rebel alliance. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not calling myself Luke Skywalker or anything, but <laughs> for the Star Wars fans out there. Um, so yeah, so we we're in that space, um, and and we market make. And what a market maker. Um, it, we've got a few functions, I guess, as part of the market making um, role in the market. You know, we work really closely with um, with the with the fund issuers. So, you know, um, BlackRock um, recently um, appointed us as their designated market maker in Australia, wow. um, and we've got great relationships with all the issuers because we market make. Um, you know, I think there's 230 ish ETFs in in Australia. Yep. We market make about 150 of those. Well, wow. um, actively, yeah. so yeah, so we've got pretty good coverage um, in the um, equity, domestic and international equities, and fixed income. We pretty much cover all of those, which make up the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a market maker works very closely with the issuer, and it's our job to provide liquidity for for that um, ETF. So, when an investor wants to go in and invest in that fund, we're there. We're um, selling. The fund providing liquidity on both the um, the bid and ask side of the book. Um, We are also um, responsible for maintaining fair prices and um, reasonable spreads. Um, The spread being the the difference between the um, the bid and the offer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we we work very closely with the issuers to make sure that the markets are investor friendly and the pricing is tied. Um, the pricing reflects the pricing in the underlying assets that make up that fund. That's mm-hmm. the, the primary dimension that we price around. Um, we we spend a lot um, of our time and um, resources on technology, and um, so that we can calculate um, extremely kind of responsive pricing. So as the fund valuation or the net asset value of the fund changes and the underlying prices in that fund change, we update our, our NAV um, real time and then we, we price around that. So, so the idea there is, you know, the investors are getting in and out at, at fair and reflective values um, of the ETF. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're regulated, so we fall under ASIC's um, regulation for market makers. So there's um, you know, a whole bunch of requirements around that to make sure that we're you know, behaving in the investor's best interest. And, um, and we obviously take that extremely seriously. <clears throat> um, we, I guess we have a view on the market as, you know, really the growth in ETFs has, has been phenomenal. We can, we can talk about that. And that yeah. is really driven in our view, by the value that the ETF structure brings to the investor mm-hmm. um, in terms of its um, simplicity of distribution, its, um, its pri- the real-time pricing that we talked about. Um, so, so to us, it really is, if whatever we can do to, um, to drive that growth in the ETF, um, and whether that's you know, 
um, providing tight prices, um, providing prices um, and deep liquidity that investors can get, um, you know, they can be assured that even in times of extreme volatility like we had, um, you know, last year when yeah. you know, between whatever it was, February, March through to kind of um, our winter time was pretty crazy um, in terms of the trading volumes and volatility of the underlyings. Um, you know, we want to be there. We want to be able to trade at all times and we're obliged to be able to um, be there and trade at all times and so that people can, you know, transact with confidence and they know that they're um, um, getting in and out at, at prices that reflect the, the value of the underlying. I think, um, I think last year when, you know, liquidity really dried up in some of the underlying markets, um, certainly in the fixed income markets and ETFs were actually a really important vehicle for um, you know market stability where risk managers could could get in and out of those markets and uh, price discover and um, through the ETF because the underlying markets were just all over the shop yeah. <laughs> um, they were uh, so, so that's 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 the role of the market maker it's one of those things that as a, as an end investor yeah. you know if you're going through your comsec or whatever it is you, you don't know who's on the other side of that trade yeah you probably don't really care as long as you're happy with the price um but you certainly notice when it's not there exactly um, it's like so, the cia yeah. you guys like you know they they always say with things like you watch the <laughs> you, you don't know that they're like the world's going forward just like the etf markets people need to to have you guys there but they just don't realize that you are there you're helping them yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's as we're mainly mainly focused in Australia, as mm -hmm. as um, as you know, um, and yeah, we've um, you know we've got a number of mandates across different issuers to um, proactively market make their funds. We market make other funds um, on the basis of just providing liquidity. Mm -hmm. um, so um, yeah, we're you know it's a it's a very competitive industry. Um, and we can talk a little bit about the um, the technology side, um, which, as as I alluded to, we're you know we're in competition with um, with firms that have been doing this um, you know longer than us, um, mm -hmm. um, uh, maybe have more resources, or certainly have invested more. Um, I guess where we see that we can bring value is in terms of um, the technology expertise that we have and the team that we have. Um, Certainly, we've got a great platform to allow us to to compete in that space, and um, yeah. we've also got a great super trading team. Um, we had a couple of big hires um, earlier this year, which has really boosted our yeah. trading capabilities. So, um, yeah, we managed to uh, get a couple of gentlemen from a competitor, which was uh, <laughs> oh, that's always nice <laughs> for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that that has really um, broadened our reach um, in terms of the number of ETFs that we quote. As I said, we're in about 150 names. So. Yeah, I was going to say that's um, that's, that's, a lot, that's a lot of names for you know the, the Aussie market. If investors didn't already know, like you said, it's 230, maybe close to 240 um, kind of ETFs yeah. that are out there. And if you're covering over half of that as a small, you know, um, I don't know if you're still a startup. It's been four years, like a an up and comer. Yeah, yeah, an up and comer. It's a, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. An up and comer. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, you know, the, as as you know from um, from your own work on the ETF tracker, it's um, you know, it's a growing market at, yep. at a kind of you know relentless pace. There's new funds coming on all the time. Um, you know, we certainly have a 
know, there's a very busy pipeline of things um, coming. Um, so the number of funds is just, you know, growing and growing. And I think, you know, can, will continue to grow for the foreseeable future, you know, without you know, so. staring at the crystal ball too hard. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so our, you know, our really, our business model is a scale business model. We need to quote and trade as many of these things as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we hope, you know, there's something there in terms of the um, the range of funds, you know, they're really, it already feels like there's something there for everyone. And I think that's only going to be, um, oh, yeah. you know, a, a trend that just yeah, grows and grows and grows. You know, that, I mean, we can talk about kind of where the market's going and what's yeah. happening, but, you know, it's just a growth story, really. Um, in terms of, you know, obviously assets under management, you probably know better than me. I think it's about 120 bill or yeah. something now. Yeah, very close. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's a number that's a point in time because, you know, next month it's going to be, oh, it'll be more. more next year. Yeah, and the growth over yeah. the last couple of years um, really has ramped up. Um, Pretty impressive, you know, like the, it's the 20-year anniversary this month um, for ETFs. If uh, people on the show didn't know, it's like 27th of August 2001 was when the first one came out. But, you know, you just mentioned growth there. And so what what are your, you know, not necessarily nine mile, you know, this could be personal opinion, but what are your thoughts on the, yeah. the growth of ETFs in Australia? Did you expect them to get as popular as uh, they are, like considering you got in, into this space in 2016 or maybe a bit before then, did you see back then that we'd get to the levels that we're at now? Yeah, well, it's as, yeah, as I said, I was, uh, you know, I was a relative newcomer um, yeah. back when we started Nine but, you know, <clears throat> uh, Morgan um, had a, a, you know, a pretty long history in the ETF markets. Um, I mean, he was there right at the start in Australia. Mm. Um and, you know, we talked a lot about, at, you know, in the early days of normal, what, you know, guess what's the vision? What do we want to do? And, you know, he was really, you know, really sold, um, certainly sold to me that ETFs are, you know, they're a great product. And they're really, they've got so many advantages in terms of um, what they do for the investor um, that, you know, I guess, you know, he, he really believed in, in ETFs as a product and he certainly, you know, was able to um, to share that vision and share that belief. And um, so, you know, my own personal view is, you know, because of the advantages of, of ETFs, the, you know, the ease of distribution, the low cost of um, transactions, the transparency mm. that, you know, they are a product that's here to stay. The growth is here to stay. Um, I think we see more and more, certainly in the, you know, Kind of look to the U.S. as always being, um, you know, where you look to what, what's coming next in terms of ETFs. You know, they've led the market from day one. Yeah. Um, and you just see, you know, the sl- the the growth is not slowing down. There, there's more and more, you know, U.S. mutual funds switching over to ETFs. Um, you know, different product types. You know, crypto. Um, you know, as obviously a bit of a hot topic at the minute. That's you know, yeah. There's a super popular um, crypto ETF in Canada. I think the US regulator is some feel like it's too far away. I think once that moves, probably ASIC will get there. Um, yeah, they got the consultation. Yeah, they got that uh, consulta- consultation paper out as well. I'm not sure if yeah. you've seen that. Yeah. So yeah, so I think yeah, I think they've um, I think they've spoken about the end of the year on releasing mm. something next. I'm not saying that that's going to be. Um, 
uh, approved by the end of the year. I don't, I'm not sure that's going to be the case, but um, but certainly they're working on it and they're looking on it. And, and you know, the exchanges, the issuer is everyone is is um, is on the case, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so, you know, I think that will happen at some point. I think, you know, ETFs have been, a, you know, a really popular product with younger investors. I think the younger investors kind of get it um, and have been driven somewhat into the ETF market, certainly locally, because obviously with the situation in the housing market, that's you know yeah. very difficult for young people to, yeah. to get in there. So they've had to look to alternative ways to, um, to invest their spare cash. And ETFs has kind of been in the right place at the right time in terms of that um, age group. So I think as as that cohort, um, you know, gets gets older, gets wealthier, I think mm. that will um, really drive um, a lot of ETF um, activity in in particularly in Australia. Um, you know, and and there's a whole um, you know trend around how we manage our super and and you know the you know that market's been broken up as well and um, you know been disrupted. So I think that also plays into into ETFs as a product. And I think they're a natural kind of, you know, direction for those super disruptors, if you want yeah. to call them that, to, to, to move towards. Yeah, that's it's certainly going to be interesting. And you mentioned a couple of things there, like us looking to the thematics and, and things happening overseas, like you, you mentioned Bitcoin there. And there's also this move towards like ESG um, and cloud computing and some other types. Yeah. Have you seen anything else interesting in your, you know, your, your kind of view of the markets that you whether or not it's coming here to Australia or was there anything interesting apart from like the Bitcoin and the um, kind of ESG that you've, um, seen, that you've seen that, you know, is, you know certainly is, there's, certainly there's issuers out there that are getting, you know, a bit more exotic with the ETF structure and, and mm. wrapping some kind of, you know, structured product characteristics in, in ETFs. I know that's a, a growing sector in the U.S., Look, our view um, on that is, um, you know, we love the simplicity of ETFs. Mm -hmm. We love, um, you know, that there's, you know, through people like yourself, through the um, the content and the material that the issuers put out there, you know, there's a wealth of information um, on what what is in these ETFs, um, you know, what are the characteristics of the funds, what are the themes, Um so we we really like and value that simplicity. So you know whether they're kind of more, I guess ETFs that have some kind of optionality built in or have some kind of structured product product characteristics. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm a simple man. I like simple things. Yeah. So whether that takes off, um, but that's that's definitely an area that there's um, a bit of noise around um, in the US at least. Um, you know, there's just such a wide range of, um, of existing investment vehicles, you know, you know, fixing active versus passive, obviously active yeah. funds are coming on now, you know, that's another huge um, area. We see more and more active managers and, you know, smaller issuers that are, that are going the ETF road to get their funds out there. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's going to add huge variety to the market over the next kind of five years. And just more and more of those actively managed funds. Again, you know, <clears throat> as long as you know, 
really it's about the investors having the information so that they can make informed decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, as long, I think, you know, I think the ETF market has been doing a pretty good job um, in terms of, of that supporting information and transparency. And that's, that's what we want to see really continue. Okay. Well, that, that's really good. And hopefully we see more of these new and innovative products. I think there's a new release. Uh, it was in the, the news. Um, ETF securities have a new, ETF uh, coming out and I'm sure we're going to see more active ones coming just given the popularity. Um, speaking of new types of products or products that people haven't heard of, um, you guys do some interesting things with a product I've only recently become accustomed to um, available on Chiax. It's called Traces, T-R-A-C-R-S for those of you that are listening or watching. Um, but you, you guys do some stuff with traces. Could you tell us a little bit about what they are and you know what's what's special about them? Yeah, sure. Um, so tracers are, um, I guess, for anyone that's um, familiar with the kind of ADR concept or depository receipt, it'll be very familiar where you have um, an overseas stock listed on a on a local exchange. So tracers are listed on Chiex exclusively. Mm -hmm. Um, and tracers allow um, Aussie investors to buy and clear um, a locally listed name. Um, so the tracer is, is a um, tradable instrument on, <clears throat> on the exchange, um, but provides direct one-to-one -one exposure with, um, with a US stock. So um, I think there's about 45-ish um, um, names in, in the tracer universe. Um, you know, Tesla, um, Pfizer, obviously quite topical <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a bunch of pharma names, more traditional names like IBM are in there, a few, um, some of the financials, um, Zoom, things like that. So, so names that people either, you know, very kind of blue chip names or names that are um, kind of contemporary and people are, investors are interested in, in gaining exposure to. Mm -hmm. um, so you you buy the Chiax listed instrument, um, and then the issuer will go on your behalf and buy that um, instrument uh, in the US, and it gets held in in custody over there. Um, so it, it is a great way for people who are interested in those types of stocks. Um, you know, the foreign ex you don't have to worry about buying US dollars or yeah. anything like that. The foreign exchange component is all kind of wrapped up in the structure. So there's hedging and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's certainly a convenience factor there. Sorry, okay. they're not they're not hedged. They're oh, right. they're they're currently unhedged. Yeah, just um, yeah, read the uh, product disclosure okay. <laughs> statement. Yeah, make sure we'll for put anyone the, that wants to uh, yeah. get into the tracer market, I think mm -hmm. there's um there is a website tracers.com.au T-R-A-C-R-S. Stands for a transferable custody receipt. So as mm -hmm. I said, it's it's pretty much analogous to the depository receipt um, uh, concept. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Google it, and the the website should come up. Um, they're listed on Chiax. They've got all the information there in terms of um, trading volumes, prices, which we provide. Awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the the PDS and all that kind of stuff is on there. So yeah, I, I'd encourage people who are interested in. Yeah. trading us names um to to go have a look um and that's you know this should be available on your on your comsec or, or whatever local brokerage account that, that you use that's perfect um and it's always cool to you know we see it in ets but um this is not an etf it's another type of uh tradable product but yeah it's good to see innovation yeah, like that 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a new product. Um, you know, it's certainly becoming um, more popular. We've been providing pricing for tracers. Um, uh, I'll probably get this wrong, but about a year, yeah. something like that. Um, so um, we certainly see it grow in popular, popularity in that time. And um, yeah, as you said, it's not it's not exposure to any underlying fund. It's it's one for one, um, you know, single stock exposure. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a simple product. It's a convenient product. So yeah, I'd encourage um, your watchers, viewers to, to go check it out. Yeah, perfect. We'll make sure that we include that in, uh, in the show notes. And speaking of the show notes, we'll put all of the nine mile uh, kind of details there and um, to, to some of the terms that uh, people might be unfamiliar with like ADRs um, and some other things there. We'll make sure that we put that in, in the show notes. But if people are interested in learning more about nine mile or say following you uh, and, and some of the things that you do, um, can they follow you on LinkedIn? Are you on LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah, we're on LinkedIn. So yeah, I'd encourage um, people to, to look us up there. Okay. Um, always happy to chat. You can contact us um, on LinkedIn or, or via our website, which is just ninemilefinancialoneword.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn is probably easier for most people. Yeah, we'll yeah. Um, drop us a line in there. We'll we'll get back to you. Um, yeah, we're yeah we're around. We can obviously um, at the moment we're all kind of uh, locked in our bubble. But um, you know, once things open up, we're all you know we're around um, in in the CBD in Sydney and yeah. Okay. Hopefully we get to meet up with yourself and yeah. share a, a beer or wine or something at some point. And um, yeah, get definitely. To well, definitely looking forward to that whenever that is this year or hopefully, you know, um, hopefully this year might be next year, who knows, uh, but we'll keep an eye on that. But look, Kevin, thanks very much for your time. We really appreciate um, all of this valuable kind of uh, insights that you've been able to provide. I mean, I learned just in this little half hour, quite a lot that I didn't even know about um, market making. So I'm sure if I have, then the viewers will too. So thank you very much. No problem, Mark. Thanks for the time. Okay, cheers. cheers. Well, that was certainly fascinating. Uh, again, we, we have such amazing guests on this show and learning about what market makers do. You can see now why it is so important uh, for the ETF markets to function. So there was a lot of great insights there. And if you're interested in any of uh, what we went through, definitely check out the links in the show notes below. And please remember to like, share and subscribe. Have a good day.